Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with my colleague and friend Matt Kelly, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive into a compliance or compliance-related topic each week, literally going into the weeds to explore a topic in depth. Today, we have Matt reporting live from the Workiva TEC, or Tech Conference, in Las Vegas. Matt talks about some of the sessions that he has attended, and uh, we have a deep dive into a couple of topics. One is the single source of source of truth and how important that is for data, data protection, and uh, data security for all of your internal controls and reporting to the government. We also take a look at the SOX 404 and 302 issues that have uh, recently come up from the government, government's perspective. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox again for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds, the podcast where Matt Kelly, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, and I take a deep dive into a compliance or compliance-related topic, literally into the weeds. Today, I've asked Matt to return to his uh, journalism roots as he is reporting live as we record this podcast from uh, TEC 2017. So, Matt, welcome. I understand you're at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. I am, yeah. This is the annual user summit for Workiva and its WDesk product. So for any compliance officers over on the legal side who might not know Workiva, uh, they basically they sell to the internal audit department and the financial reporting departments of the world. And your company may well use them if you're not familiar with them. But uh, Workiva has been around, I think, for about eight or nine years, something like that. And they are a cloud-based purveyor of programs, a, a suite of programs all under the WDesk brand name. But WDesk is managed, used for things like SOX compliance, filing your SEC reports. Um, I know Workiva would love to do more with uh, WDesk for like policy management, enterprise risk management, things like that. Uh, we are all having a blast here at the MGM. And uh, I think there's about 1,700 people which makes it the largest tech conference Workiva has had in the uh, six or so years they've been doing it. So it, yeah, it's a great vibe. There's a lot of people who are enthused about Workiva and WDesk, including their customers. There's a lot of Workiva people here too, and they're always enthused. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. If uh, people ever had the opportunity to go to tech, I would definitely recommend it sometime in the future. So, Matt, we probably should both uh, uh, announce that uh, we do work with and for uh, Workiva. Certainly, I do some uh, writing for them, and I think you do uh, as well. But um, That is true. I have also attended the TEC conference, or TEC, and what really uh, interested me was the intersection of the type of compliance and internal financial controls that Workiva and its products really help a company uh, utilize more effectively and anti-corruption compliance. And I saw a lot of overlap and I really wanted to do, to pick up on one of the things you said, is to have internal control professionals and internal control specialists 
really part of the compliance regime and the compliance solution and have compliance officers around internal controls, around a TEC type event, around internal control specialists, because it just seemed to me that there was a, a huge gulf on two groups that really are, uh, if not completely aligned, aligned 99% of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very true. And one of the big themes that I heard from Workiva yesterday, and so yesterday is sort of the pregame for the big tech conference. Yesterday was the SOX Summit, and it was an afternoon all about SOX compliance, specifically in internal controls over financial reporting. But the point that a lot of people made at that session yesterday was that SOX compliance, and you can leverage this point up to compliance generally, but this should not be about, this is an accounting exercise to meet regulatory requirements. We do the bare minimum and then the audit firms and the regulators go away until next year. A lot of companies are cynical and they'll see it like that. And that's not how they should do it. Um, The point yesterday was that this really is about building a strong business process Uh, Right down to the nitty gritty, and since this is compliance into the weeds, that's where we're going to go, that if you are auditing an internal control for a business process, a lot of companies will start by writing out, this is what the process is, and it's a narrative form. And Workiva and auditors and many others say, knock that off. That is a bad habit. Use a flowchart. Why? Because flowcharts really force you to strip down your understanding of the process to its core element. And there's all sorts of room for misinterpretation and everything else in a written narrative. If it's a flowchart, it's like, this is what the process is. These are what our risks are. These are the controls to stop them. End. And that's really where you should try to think about compliance because it gets you into this position. It's about building strong business processes. If you have strong processes for financial reporting, of course, in anti-corruption compliance, they're going to be interested in that because strong financial processes to make for accurate SEC filings are also very useful tools to stop improper payments to intermediaries or anything like that. So that that was a big key theme from yesterday that I think really it captures why we're supposed to be doing socks. This is, I know a lot of people think it's a buzzkill, but it's, it is really about more than that. You can get more out of it if you think about it a bit expansively. Matt, you've been able to get to a blog up on the, specifically on the socks part of TEC or tech. It's entitled Socks yeah. Compliance Do Better Than a C Grade. And the, uh, the thing that I really uh, appreciated about your blog post was the SOX debate we're currently having in Congress, or at least uh, beginning to have, seems to me to break down in two different parts. One is the access to capital markets uh, and the, the rigor by which you must have internal controls for uh, going public. But really the second part on SOX 302 really focuses on what you've just described, which is the business process for an upcoming, uh, ongoing business. Was there any uh, discussion that you were able to, to pick up or even any vibe about uh, any potential reforms to SOX at the TEC conference? Well, you know, what did strike me was that um, I was giving a presentation on potential changes to compliance regulations, whether through Congress or through the SEC. And so we did talk a bit about whether SOX Section 404B requiring the annual audit of internal control over financial reporting 
could we change the exemption threshold for that to exempt many, many more companies from 404B? Companies that currently have been doing it now for the better part of 10 years. I think more than 10 years for a fair bit of them. Um, and that could conceivably go away as Congress rushes to this Shangri-La of more and more IPOs and everybody's retiring at 35 and isn't that great. And so I asked the audience, and this is at least 300 people in the audience, do you think 404B should go away? And 75% of them said no. These are the people who deal with the auditors giving them grief for 404B. And auditors give you a lot of grief over 404B. You know, these audits can be exhaustive and maddening, and it's the SOX compliance people who get exhausted and driven mad by it. And still, when I said, well, do you want this to go away or not? 75% of them said, no, this actually, you know, SOX 404B is like eating your spinach or going to the gym. It kind of stinks the first few times you do it, but over the long term, it builds you up and makes your financial processes stronger. And that's what we should be doing. So that was heartening to see that they, they saw it that way. So the, um, you put on, you, you have been involved, frankly, with a lot of conferences and uh, both uh, putting them on and, of course, uh, attending. Was there anything uh, that particularly struck you that worked or didn't work at this conference or the, the vibe, the layout? You, you've really, in the past, talked a lot, a lot about those sorts of things. What would you say generally about uh, the structure and form of the conference as opposed to some of the substance we're going to get more into later? Well, it, it, it's very good in the fact that um, – Okay, there's no bones about it. This is a user conference for people who use Workiva's WDesk platform. Um, so a lot of the sessions are just about how you can use WDesk. And if you're in internal audit or financial reporting, there's a lot to discuss there because it can be used in a lot of different ways. Everybody complies with SOX and SEC filings in their own ways based on what your own processes are. So it's a lot of nitty-gritty practical discussion on how to uh, customize WDesk for your specific need or how to make sure you're using it to the best potential. Now, for conferences that are not user conferences of a specific software vendor, that's not necessarily going to exist in every single way. But there's a lot there that goes on. There's a lot of peer networking that goes on. There's a lot of interactivity, like um, in the main hall for WDesk. Uh, they've got all sorts of booths where you can just sit down with the software developers and say, this is why I, th I like your product. This is where I think it stinks and comes up short. Here's my bright idea. They have a whiteboard, the idea board where people can just jot down ideas for what they want and then they wander away. Um, I know for a fact that some of these ideas and needs expressed by WDesk users in the past have come to pass. Um, you know, we WDesk these days opens its platform to a lot of other uh, vendors or data providers or other people in that big SOX compliance ecosystem. So everybody at Workiva knew eventually they'd have to cross that bridge. They've crossed it over the last year. I think they're going to do it more and more often. Other companies already do a lot of this as well. You know, there's, there are other software vendors out there that do very good jobs and they give Workiva a good run for their money. But um, there's a lot of enthusiasm among the Workiva people. They're very friendly. They're very customer service oriented. So I'm told. And uh, yeah, I, 
they're just a fun bunch to be around. They throw some great parties on the closing night. I'll give them that. So uh, I think you're going to have a, a post uh, going up uh, at least in, uh, perhaps tomorrow, but perhaps in a day or two, which yeah. is about the importance of reliable data. And in there, you've got a phrase that uh, I've heard uh, Joe Howe, executive vice president of Workiva, use that I really wanted to, to go into the weeds with your thoughts on, which is a single source of truth. Yeah. And uh, so why don't you just take us into the weeds on the importance of reliable data, what you've seen and what your thoughts are on that? Well, they had a a panel discussion of CFOs this morning that I think hit it on the head that uh, the worst thing that you can have happen to you if you are a CFO or a controller is at the big meeting of the audit committee or the regulators or something else, you find out that your data is inconsistent or incorrect or incomplete or something like that. And there's always going to be that computational guru on the board or the audit committee who's immediately going to see, well, wait a minute, the deferred revenue number you have on slide number six, that's not the same as the one on slide 17. Where's the discrepancy? And if you're a CFO, like now you've just, your presentation's gone off the rails. And that's also true if you're a controller talking about uh, the ICFR and your SOX audit, or if you are dealing with regulators and trying to put a presentation to them together. If your data is inconsistent, suddenly you're talking about the quality of the data. You are not talking about what the data actually is saying. So trying to find that single source of data, which is the phrase that Wakiva uses, um, it makes a lot of sense. And once you know that the data is always going to be correct. And if you change it on slide six, it's going to change on slide 17 automatically. And you don't need to double check everything. Once you know that, you can focus much more on building the right sort of reports and even give them off to you know your business units and whatnot to say, you know, here's the reporting system. Your data is always going to be correct because it's going in correct at the start. So you guys do your own self-service reporting. And that frees up the compliance officer's time to go to these conferences and the parties and all that and and just spend more time on insight rather than data management. So that was the big theme that they talked about Um, for for anybody specifically on the audit side who's listening. Your auditor has always come and hassled you about completeness and accuracy of reports. That's the phrase, completeness and accuracy. Well, That's what single source of truth is. It it confirms that you have a complete and accurate set of data to do what, whatever it is you want the data to do or to report or study or whatever kind of output you want. But you have to worry and know that the data on the input is good. And then the rest is just a matter of creativity and reporting. So, Matt, you've given the example of uh, for this around CEO uh, pay ratio rule. But what came up for me immediately was the um, if a company has an allegation of an FCPA violation and self-discloses, about the first thing the government asks is, is your, are your documents secure? But the second thing they ask is, we want an audit trail for your documents. And if you don't have a single source of truth, uh, that's where you fail the audit trail or your audit trail shows you can't show a single source of truth. You're working with Excel spreadsheets. You're working with SharePoint, yeah. You're working with something that not to say that it's open to manipulation, but if something does change, if someone does make an edit, there's no auditable trail to determine 
who made it, and when they made it. So uh, I think this is an incredibly important topic, uh, down to the weeds for a compliance practitioner, but I wanted to, wondered if you could explain a little bit about the CEO pay ratio rule and how you see this tying into uh, a single source of truth. So this is uh, fresh news for compliance officers. It's just last week, the head of the SEC's Division of Corporation Finance, um, he said that the CEO pay ratio rule is coming. Now, a lot of Republicans in Congress wanted the pay ratio rule to go away. A lot of CEOs would like the pay ratio rule to go away. But that is going to require companies to report the ratio of median employee compensation to CEO compensation. Now, this is going to make CEOs look bad because I'm sure that ratio is going to say the CEO makes a bazillion times more than the average employee. Um, Most CEOs do not like that fact to be called out. But aside from that, how are you going to do the math on this? And where are you going to get all of this data on the number of employees you have, their compensation? This is shifting all the time because from quarter to quarter, you've got different people getting paid different amounts. Um, It's going to be a real unholy mess of shifting data coming from multiple sources across the company, HR, payroll processing, maybe the business units and whatnot, all going to have to get corralled into a single source of truth to do the division and come up with the ratio and then put it into the proxy statement. Um, If you wind up wrong on that, number one, technically you're in violation of SEC rules, but number two, uh, the investor activists are going to have a field day with this inaccuracy. And that's the last thing that you need. So it really demonstrates that point that the data has to be right. The reporting is WDesk and many other products out there can do enormously sophisticated reporting and tracking of the data. But as the data changes, that has to be traced. And if it is not traced and traceable, if you run the same report twice and get two different answers and you can't say why, forget it. You're dead in the water. And uh, we, we could probably go on many different ways on examples of that. But the pay ratio rule is the big one that's coming next spring. So, Matt, it sounds like, uh, once again, it's been a fascinating uh, conference. Uh, Anything uh, tomorrow that you're hoping to pick up on or things you're going to focus on? Well, I'm going to focus on the big uh, farewell bash tomorrow night featuring (laughs) Joe Ryder. I have to admit, I had to look him up, but a lot of the millennials were very excited that he was there. I think he had a song in one of the Hangover movies and in the Boss Baby movie, but that's the end of my uh, Flo Rida knowledge. I know that they're going to have a keynote from uh, the astronaut Mark Kelly uh, wow. talking about how to push yourself past your the limits you think you have. Um, there will be a lot of other sessions, I'm sure. I mean, there are dozens of sessions going on here at any given time. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of action that happens here. Well, I hope that we can get uh, more anti-corruption compliance professionals at an event like this because, uh, like, uh, like you have observed, I really think there's a lot of overlap and for anti-corruption compliance professional to be around, an internal control professional can only lead to, I think, more robust internal compliance controls. So uh, I really appreciate the live report. I know you've got to, to get off to some other events tonight. So, Matt, uh, thank you, and uh, look forward to full report when you get back next week. All right. Thank you, Tom. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance into the Weeds. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only podcast that takes a deep dive into a compliance or compliance-related topic each week. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join us next week when Matt and I take another deep dive into the weeds on a compliance and compliance-related topic. Compliance into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.